I'm Billy Hollowell, and welcome to the Prodigal Stories podcast, a show where Trey Goins Phillips and I take you into some of the most powerful stories, stories of hope, transformation, and intrigue. On today's premiere episode, we welcome South Dakota Governor Christy Nome to discuss faith, prayer, and her fight for Christian values. With no further ado, let's welcome her to the show. Governor, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Billy, for inviting me to be with you. Well, you know, I'm I'm excited to chat with you because there's so much going on right now in this country, and you have taken on a lot of issues in your state that are intriguing, are important. And one of those issues, a few months back, you had late last year um, spoken about having a moment of silence in schools. And this is something I've written on quite a bit. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? It got a lot of heat, and we'll talk about what happened after. But what was the initial purpose of having that moment of silence? You know, I I think that it was uh, a discussion necessary to have in our public school systems. And it was just allowing, it was a bill I brought to my legislature that would have allowed them to have a moment of silence every day that gave the students an opportunity to reflect, pray, meditate, have a moment where they found a purpose and how they were going to approach their day and to encourage that. I think with everything that's going on in, in the world, um, our freedom of religion is incredibly important. We saw from state to state people lose their freedoms from the different leadership that was, was in place and protecting that and making sure that people understand that our public school systems should be a place where those freedoms are protected as well was important to me. So, you know, I, I have been over the last 10 years just constantly surprised by the amount of people that think that religion and um, prayer cannot be in our schools and that that is what our constitution and founders intended, which is not true whatsoever. Uh, and if you truly, you know, speak to them about the purpose of it, it was that um, you know, our religion could not be unduly burdened by the government was the protections that were put in place by our founders and that the interpretation that many times has been used for an agenda is wrong. Uh, that's yeah. why I wanted this bill. I wanted this bill out here so that every single administrator, every single teacher, every single student knew they do have the right to pray in school if they want to. They don't have to, but there, there could be an opportunity for them if they wanted to pray that it was there. And I really believe that if we don't clearly define those freedoms in today's day and age, we will have someone somewhere in a school building at some point tell a student that they're not allowed to pray. And I think any moment that they're restricted from doing so is a is a hurt to to what the American dream is all about. Well, and let's talk about the numbers. I mean, you're talking about the freedoms, which are essential. I mean, that's the cornerstone of this. But And you know, I, I've written on this, and you've seen what I've written on it. We have tons of data. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that people are struggling. They are detached. You know, young people in particular right now, more than ever, we're seeing suicides. We're seeing, I mean, all of these things skyrocketing. And there's a real faith detachment there, which is a real problem. And so the more we move away from that, we're seeing these cultural issues happen. But what I found so fascinating about the pushback on this moment of silence, I mean, you just said it yourself, you don't have to pray. You can use that moment of silence to do whatever you want to do. But taking that time to center yourself before the day begins, it's something that benefits everyone. And yet so many people were saying, oh, you know, you're forcing prayer on people, which is not at all 
what that was about. What was shocking to me was to see the bill get shot down by Republicans, right, in the House. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to speak to that at all and maybe what the future of this, if there is one, still um, holds. Well, I'll continue to to bring this issue because I think it's important to have these protections in place for our students and for our students and teachers and administrators and the public to know that prayer is protected in our schools. You know, we already have some religious organizations that meet in school buildings, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, different Bible studies are held. Um, but with the way things change so dramatically in our culture today, overnight, you may have a school board make a vote, make a decision, and boom, all of that stuff is gone and removed. And it may take you months and months to get it back into your school. And so I, what I told our legislators when they made this decision, I said, in six months, there's going to be something happen in a school somewhere where you're going to come to me and say, they can't stop our kids from having a Bible study. They can't do this. Or this teacher said this. And, and it was for the protection of our teachers. It was, you know, a, a teacher stopped kids that were praying at their locker and said they couldn't do it. Well, having this kind of a statute on the books is clarity for everyone. It's clarity for administrators. It's clarity for teachers that they clearly know that this is allowed and, and what it's defined as and that it can happen. And, and it, it was to be ahead of the controversy and to take a stand with those protections. And so, you know, I have a situation in South Dakota going on. I think Billy that, you know, I may be a little, more conservative than the than the state is. You know, I only won my last race by three points. I've brought a lot of bills that embrace conservative ideals and values. You know, prayer in schools isn't the only one. I've, you know, signed constitutional carry was my first bill when I became governor, which the previous governor had vetoed a couple of different times. You know, I've been very proactive on pro-life issues and and, and gone to bat defending innocent life. We've, we've done a lot of protections of freedoms and banning CRT from our universities. So these are all, you know, very important bills and legislation to bring. I've got potentially some Republicans that, that, that don't embrace that kind of conservatism, don't embrace uh, some of that, and some of them necessarily because South Dakota's been such a such a example to the nation that have found that if they oppose me, they can get a lot of national attention for themselves <laughs> and their own political future. And pretend they know that there's definitely a few of them that 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 is the idea as well. They want to run for Congress. They want to run for U.S. Senate. This is a good way to get themselves in the news. But I would say being on the wrong side of God and protecting prayer in schools and the freedom in this country is not not the side you want to be on. Well, and, and, you know, I have to ask you, because you just said a number of important things, you know, a willingness to push forward with values that you believe are true and that comport with your faith, even in light of the fact that some of your fellow lawmakers and maybe even some citizens in the state may be a little less conservative. Is it a challenge? Are there ever moments because of politics where you, I mean, it doesn't seem that way based on what you're saying, but where you find yourself saying, you know, or at least wrestling with, well, gosh, should I pull back from that because it's going to hurt me? Or do you kind of just plug forward with what you feel God is calling you to do? No, I, I, you know, it's, it is hard because my, my spirit is not one to be in conflict. I hate conflict, you know, and it's so strange. My family says all the time that it's interesting. I ended up in this job because <laughs> if you look at the political arena right now, you know, it's hard on me. Um, so, so 
so I think that, but I, I also know I have to live with myself and I have to be okay with the person that I am and who I told the voters I was. When I campaigned, I talked about these things and said I would do them. So keeping my word to them is more important than necessarily disagreeing with other people that are in elected office. And, and what I've always said was wonderful about South Dakota was we can have civil debate here. We can agree, disagree, um, and then go vote and come back to fight again if we don't get the votes we need to make something happen. Um, that changed this year. I probably saw the most dysfunctional legislature that we've had in the history of the state this year. Um, and it was because of several reasons, I think very poor leadership on the House side that allowed for dysfunction and actually thrived on it. But, you know, this was the first year ever that South Dakota refused to give a hearing to a bill. We've always, every bill has always gotten a hearing. And this year on the House side, we saw them fail to introduce a bill that I brought forward. And it was a heartbeat bill. It was a bill to protect life. So in South Dakota, most people think, boy, that's a conservative state. You know, they it's a no-brainer and easy to do conservative things there. It's not necessarily when these are the things that are getting fought and pushed back on by Republicans. Um, yeah. So, I yeah, mean, there's yeah. many days I feel like I'm in bizarro world because I think I can't <laughs> believe I'm arguing with Republicans over this. Um, yeah. I mean, the but, moment of silence is just so crazy to me because it seems like such a benign, not benign in a negative. It's a benign thing. It doesn't hurt anybody. It actually helps people. It gives people that ability. And, and you know, even if you were an atheist, the thought of giving kids a second to breathe and think the fact that they pushed back on that. Yeah. I mean, it is it is a little bit of a bizarre world. <laughs> it, it showed the uh, it showed the influence of of the school lobby, because who won that argument in committee that day was the South Dakota School Board Association, the South Dakota School Administrators Association, the South Dakota Education Association, the unions and the and the administrators, uh, because they didn't want to be hindered and infringed. And it showed that in a state like South Dakota, they still had more power than people who were using common sense. And I've, I'm, a, I'm a person who's not in this position to play checkers. I'm here to play chess and be strategic. And in fact, every single bill that comes to the legislature, I make my staff do a bill analysis on it. Every bill that's introduced and say, what does this bill do? If it's signed into law, what will happen? If it's not signed into law, what will happen? The last question on that bill analysis they have to answer for me is, what does this bill mean for the next generation? So not just what, what happens next year if we sign this into law. It's what does this mean 10, 15, 20 years from now? What does it do to our kids? And what's the long-term consequences mm. of that? And, and, and I think that's an important question to be asking every time we're in session passing new laws is that we have that vision for where we're going and that also be proactive on stuff. We can see where this culture is going. We as leaders should be proactive and try to anticipate what will be the next battle and be strategically in front of it, protecting our freedoms before it's on the line where we've already lost them. And that was the whole point of the moment of silence bill. Well, listen, I, I so appreciate your time today, and I have to just ask you one more thing, and I know it's the question you get a trillion times a second probably, but, you know, what what do you see your future being politically? I mean, do you have higher hopes? Do you, Would you run for president? And if so, what would cause you to do that? Well, I think the, I think the problem we have, Billy, is we've got 
48 other people who want to be president. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I do not have a desire to be president. I have a desire to do the job that's in front of me right now that I'm called to do. You know, I grew up dreaming of being a rancher and chasing cows and riding horses and, and hunting. And, you know, how I ended up where I am today is, is a very strange turn of events for me. So my, at the end of the day, what I, my whole staff knows is that I want to be obedient to whatever God has called me to do. And that um, I want to live a life of significance. I, I don't think God has called us here to spend time that it, our lives should matter. And, and it may set us up for a more difficult life than it needs to be. But, but uh, you know, I, there's, there's a lot going on in this country and a lot of people are telling themselves it's too hard and they should sit on the sidelines. I'm going to encourage everybody that listens to you and to this podcast that now is not the time to decide you need a break. Now is the time for you to be civil, embrace people, listen to them, be hopeful, be optimistic, but still be engaged because that's what our country is desperate for. Well, Governor, I so appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. You have a wonderful day. That was Governor Kristi Noem, and I am joined now by Trey Goins-Phillips, and we're going to break down this fascinating story. So, Trey, what what did you think about that conversation? Well, first, you know, it was it's great to have uh, Governor Noem on our our very first podcast. We're we're finally getting this going, so I'm excited about that. But two, you know, I was just encouraged by how authentic she seemed. Like she seems to be a genuine believer, someone who is a Christian uh, and is willing to stand by her convictions. Even saying, "Hey, look, I know that I'm not even popular with some Republicans. Uh, I'm too conservative for them, or maybe even too Christian in some senses for them." And look, you can't know 100% anyone's heart, and I don't want to sound like I'm wearing rose-colored glasses, but it just seems like Gnome uh, is authentically following in the, you know, in the the direction that she feels God is leading her, and I think that's encouraging. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting how open and candid she was, right? Like talking about a number of things that a lot of politicians wouldn't, just like how many points she won by, and which wasn't a lot. And as you were just saying, the fact that she's, you know not really in line with maybe some people in her party and that it's a struggle. I mean, she's very open about the challenges. And I thought it was particularly telling when she made the comment about how, you know, when she came into office, before she came into office, she promised people this is who she was going to be. And whether Mm -hmm. or not that was more conservative than they wanted, she came in and she's doing what, what they expected of her to do. That's what she campaigned on. And so, you know, look, a politician's a politician, but I found her to be really way more candid than I've probably heard most politicians in office be. Yes, no, absolutely. I, com- I completely agree with that. Um, and two, you know, I think it's, uh, it's interesting whenever you see somebody who's willing to call out some of their own, um, particularly she called it like bizarro world, the, the response that she's gotten uh, to her bill about a moment of silence in the classroom. Uh, you know, I think it's it's interesting to see because this hasn't gotten them much attention because it's the Dakotas and, and nobody pays a ton of attention, uh, unfortunately, because they're they're small states that are or they're big states, but they're they have small populations. Um, so it's interesting to hear just a little bit of some of the infighting. Uh, that's going on in in South Dakota and her willingness to stand up to it. Yeah, I mean, I I do agree with her, obviously, on that bill. I mean, I find it very bizarre 
Like, what are you afraid of? If, if it's if it's a moment of silence before the school day and you're not a Christian or even if you're an atheist, then you just collect yourself. You do whatever you want during that time. So it is strange, and it's particularly strange that it was her own party. And I really love the fact that she was openly, again, and this would be something I would say, whether it was a Democrat or a Republican, that she was openly willing to kind of take that on and calling it bizarre world just sort of was the icing <laughs> on the cake of the of the candid nature of that of that conversation but what was your i mean what is your take on that the bible piece because she doesn't seem willing to let it die it sounded to me like she was going to bring it back up you know, I think that that speaks to maybe some of her own personal beliefs and her conviction. One, I think it's great that she's not going to let it die, uh, that she feels strongly about this. She feels convicted about it, and she's going to keep fighting for it. But I think it's kind of true to form. It's true to who she said she was when she first got into politics. She said during y'all's conversation that she had no intention of ever being in politics, much less ever being governor. She wanted to be a rancher. Uh, so when she got into politics, she said, look, this is who I am. Like you said at the beginning of your comments, this is who I am, and I'm going to stand by what I believe. And I think this is evidence of her actually, you know, feet to the fire, uh, sticking to her convictions. And I think that's laudable when anybody is willing, you know, Republican, Democrat, I don't care, is willing to say, this is what I believe. This is where I'm convictionally feeling called uh, to go. Uh, and I'm going to stick by it no matter the oncoming that I take. So I think that's commendable. It is. And I think a lot of people, to your point, they're afraid to be open. Like they, they want to win again. They want right. to make sure that they look strong. And sometimes there's strength in just being honest about where you are. Right. Um, and, and I do love getting a chance in, in our position. What you and I get to do is we get to talk to a lot of these people and, and you get a sense of who somebody is. Is it always the truth and the accurate portrayal of who they are? Not always, but, but you know this. I mean, you get that, you get a sense. And my sense of her was that she really didn't quite care 100% what people think. I almost felt like she didn't say it, but it's like, well, if I lose the next election, I lose it. I mean, that was kind of what, what I walked away thinking was the tone and not in a negative way, but in kind of like, I'm going to stand by those convictions. Yeah. Well, you know, as politicians, certainly you're beholden to your constituents and you want to represent them well. Uh, but as a believer, your ultimate allegiance is to God. Uh, and I think the takeaway here for me, the the overall takeaway is she's speaking as someone who is a believer and she's giving us an example of how we should be. We shouldn't be seeking the accolades of other people. We shouldn't be, you know, our 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 calling doesn't rise and fall based on others' approval. Uh, it is in solely our obedience to Jesus and our obedience to Scripture. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's cool to see her willing to talk some of that out and just be candid in y'all's conversation. I think that's, that's encouraging in this day and age because you honestly just don't see a lot of it, and we need a whole lot more of it uh, because I think these culture wars that we're seeing uh, ramp up are just going to ramp up even more in the coming months, days, years. A hundred percent. No. And I, and I think that that is the case. And Trey, as always, it's fun doing this. And I'm excited that we get to have our show here now. This is our show that we're going to be doing every week. And, and I'm pumped about it. Yeah, no, I'm so excited. Uh, and you know, the only person who is probably not excited about this, well, she's not a person, but it, my dog, because I have to put her in a separate room by herself so she doesn't bark her head off whenever I'm recording podcasts. I mean, so now I have to welcome. do it. She's I now have to do it here. twice. Yeah, maybe I'll bring her in one day. 
All right. Well, we will be back next week with another episode of the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Trey, I'll see you soon. <laughs>